The following is a hoop ball presentation. Well, well, well. We certainly have a series now, don't we? Two to one. Lakers are now in control of the series after Denver Nuggets game three win. Unfortunately, the Lakers made a late push, but not a great push in this game, and fell one fourteen one zero six 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 at the at the hands of everybody. Of course, this is the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. I am your main man, Ethan Noroff, riding solo for this edition in the Game Three recap, where we saw the Lakers fall by an eight point deficit. Now, Lakers made a great and valiant effort to come back late in this game in the fourth quarter, but unfortunately, it was just not quite enough because for three quarters of this game, the Lakers played like a team that had a two-to-nothing lead. Denver outscored them in each and one and every one of those quarters, and it was not an impressive brand of basketball from the Lakers as they really made their push in that fourth quarter against the Nuggets. Now, you look up and down this box score and you say, well, what happened? Right. That's basically the question that everyone's going to ask, especially if they didn't watch this game. And yes, we're going to talk about how Nikola Jokic was more effective. And yes, we're going to talk about how Jamal Murray was, of course, more effective. But I look at this Denver side of the game and I say, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant was 10 to 12 from the free throw line, for Christ's sakes. OK, he took more free throws than anybody in this game. 7-11 from the field, 26 points for Jeremy Grant. So if you want to know where one of your major differences is, look right there. And Monte Morris off the bench for the Denver Nuggets in 20 minutes at 14 points. Meanwhile, you look over at the Lakers side and you say, well, what was the difference? What was missing? Right? And Kuzma had 11 off the bench, but Markeith Morris was invisible in his three points. Uh, all, all, all of 11 minutes for Markeith Morris this evening. Minus 13 in 11 minutes. That's a special kind of something. Dwight Howard only played 14 minutes in this game and was nowhere near as dominant nor effective as he had been in the previous two. Now, Rajon Rondo got a lot of time off the bench, and in the fourth quarter, he was almost magic. He was magic for a period of time. But then, you know, obviously the Lakers' uh, comeback fell short. And outside of the fourth quarter, he played like absolute garbage in that game. And unfortunately, our main man on this show and so many other places around L.A., Alex Caruso, was absolutely miserable in this game. Minus six for Caruso in his 25 minutes, one of seven from the field, three assists, two steals, and not a whole lot else. 0 of 4 from deep, 1 of 7 from the floor overall. And I want to talk about the Lakers because the Lakers actually made 51.8% of their shots, okay? Lakers actually converted at a pretty good clip overall. But unfortunately, of their 26 attempts from distance, only 6 went in. And when you look up and down, you say, oh, we said Alex Caruso's 0 for 4, Rajon Rondo's 0 for 3, Danny Green's only 1 of 3, Contavious Caldwell-Pope was actually the only one Contavious Caldwell Pope, excuse me, was actually the only one who was decent at a two for five clip, but LeBron two one of four and AD O of four. The quietest 27 points I've ever seen Anthony Davis score, I feel like. Only two rebounds for Anthony Davis this evening. Two rebounds. Unacceptable. Especially given he played 43 minutes. Okay? That's something Lakers are going to have to look at because that's absolutely unacceptable. Lakers had 25 rebounds in this game. There's the story of your game. The Nuggets had 44 rebounds. The Lakers had 25. That's a, that's a minus 19 differential for the Lakers. And for a team that prides itself on one of its strengths being its size, that is unacceptable. You look at the assist column, the Nuggets finished with 26 assists on 40 made field goals. So that's a pretty good clip right there. The Lakers had 27 assists on their 43, so pretty good as well. 
overall turnover wise the nuggets did have 18 turnovers the lakers had 16 so more or less a wash there it is hard to take away anything positive from this game outside of lebron james's performance he did have six turnovers but a triple double 30 points 10 rebounds 11 assists on his 14 of 23 from the floor i wish he spent even more time inside and spend no time outside the three-point line i don't think lebron's three-point game is what's going to benefit this team as they move their way toward a potential nba finals and hopeful NBA Finals title, and when you look at the supporting cast tonight outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the Lakers just didn't get a whole lot. KCP was solid as he had been, 12 points on 5 of 8 shooting, although he was a minus 9. Kyle Kuzma, 11 points on 4 of 7 from the field, so that's at least an efficient effort, but he was also minus 3. Again, the Lakers only had three players in the positive tonight when it comes to plus minus differential. Anthony Davis was a plus four in his 43 minutes. So in the five minutes, Anthony Davis was off the floor. It was not a good story. LeBron James plus two in his 37 minutes and JaVale plus two, but he only played eight minutes in this one. So not a whole lot of stock to put into that. The Lakers supporting cast simply has to be better overall. Markeith Morris, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo, despite the big fourth quarter, you look at Rondo's final line and you say, okay, four of 10 from the floor ain't going to cut it, but nine points, eight assists with the three steals is decent enough, although he did have four turnovers. Rondo has to give this Lakers team more stable minutes, more of a stable effort along the way. And when you look at the Nuggets side, although Gary Harris and Paul Millsap were still on the side of the milk carton in terms of their missing efforts, Michael Porter Jr., nine points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. We talked about Jeremy Grant already. Of course, Jeremy Grant, 26 points in this game, just to reiterate that, okay? 26 points, unacceptable from the Lakers standpoint. And again, Morris off the bench with 14 minutes for the Nuggets, uh, 14 points, excuse me, for the Nuggets in his 20 minutes of action. So Nuggets only took 73 shots in this game. And I point that out because the Lakers actually took 83. So Lakers actually had 10 more shots in this game. But despite that, the Nuggets were more efficient. They were 11 of 29 from distance. Lakers 6 of 26. So between the three-point line, the out, uh, the rebounding differential, again, the Lakers negative 19 in rebounding differential, and the disparity at the free throw line. Nuggets 23 of 29 in this game, 79.3%. Right around where you want your team to be, right around the 80% mark. That's a good clip. The Lakers, unfortunately, just 14 of 22 in this game, 63.6%. Lakers make all their free throws. It's a tie game, 114-114. I know basketball doesn't work like that, but we just like to put things into perspective. And I would bet that in game four. Now, I'm curious to see what the line looks like. I'm sure it's already out or will be out shortly at the time, uh, as of the time of this recording. But I'm curious to see what the line looks like. And if you're thinking about betting in the next game, I think the Lakers are going to come out furious. I think LeBron and AD are going to be hot. They've been excellent leaders throughout the postseason. I expect nothing less. So I take a look at that line very, very closely. And I'd consider wagering on the Lakers side if you're so inclined. And if you're going to do that, you already know what you got to do is you got to head over to mybookie.ag and make sure you hook yourself up with the best betting site in the business because they got all, all sorts of prop bets. They got all sorts of team bets, money line, over, under, you name it. You got it. Super easy to use. Mybookie.ag and you got to use the code. You already know what it is, okay? We'll get back to that in just a second. But mybookie.ag and it's ready to rock for you, okay? Mybookie.ag. We love, and here's the thing we love about mybookie.ag, and I just want to give them a shout out for a quick second. Because when the Chiefs were about to come on and restart the NFL season, 
they were given a promotion plus 50 for the Chiefs. So basically it was like a not even I don't want to say that it was a no-brainer. It was beyond a no-brainer because you knew the Chiefs were going to win and you knew they weren't going to be <clears throat> excuse me. You knew that they were not going to be uh, a blowout if in the event that they were to lose. So mybookie.ag runs all sorts of the promotions. You win and you win money. This is real cash money. And if you're a new user, even better news for you. You make a deposit, they'll match it 100%, okay? You bet, you win, they pay. Mybookie.ag, and all you got to do is enter that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Of course, you already know that because you're a loyal listener of this show, a consumer of the content on the website, and you follow us on all of our social platforms, which is an excellent time to remind you guys you can follow our show at Hoopball Lakers. Of course, you got to follow the whole Hoopball family at Hoopball Tweets, at Hoopball Fantasy, and myself on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff, N-O-R-O-F, for those hot Lakers takes and those occasional takes about everything else that this life has to offer. So... Look, the Lakers played like absolute shit through three quarters of this game. There's just really no way to sugarcoat it, unfortunately. It looked like they were flat on energy. It looked like they were flat on effort. And it looked like they were disinterested. Now, is there a case to be made that potentially, and I, and I can't stress the word potentially enough, but potentially that they were exhausted from a game two in which they you know, had to go literally all out in order to secure the victory? It's, it's very possible, right? It's very possible. But at the same time, given the discipline and effort you saw in the fourth quarter, I don't think that that was the case. I just think that they played like a team that was very much up to to nothing, kind of played a little more comfortably than they may have should have, than they may have should. And as a result, you saw the Denver Nuggets, which has been a resilient team all postseason long, bounce, you know, I don't even say bounce back, but really dominate the effort for an extended period of time. Now, some of the shots Nikola Jokic was making, I mean, you just got to be fucking kidding me. I don't, I, I don't, I don't say that lightly, but really, you just got to be absolutely kidding me with this guy. I mean, the one shot he hit before halftime where he spun around like eight times like he was a, a ballerina out there, high arced it as if he were shooting over the troll garden, the cross bridge that was yet to draw down and knock it through the net, nothing but net. I mean, that's just ridiculous, man. That's the stuff you see in, you know, movies, I want to say, or whatever the app comparison is. But it's just absolutely ridiculous that Jokic was able to have that level of effectiveness. And, you know, in terms of his final line, you look at it across the board, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. And despite the 5 turnovers, I mean, he was integral in this game. And, of course, the same thing goes for Jamal Murray. I mean, Jamal Murray had obviously his best game of the series, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, despite his 4 turnovers, 10 of 17 from the floor, 4 of 8 from the 3. So between those two guys, the Nuggets got 50 points on 31 shots, and that's what you're looking for, especially with 5 of 11 from distance. Now, Jamal Murray uncharacteristically missed a few free throws, so the deficit could have, could have even been more. But every single one of Denver starters, with the exception of, ironically, Jeremy Grant, was actually in the in the positive in terms of plus-minus. And when you look at the Nuggets bench, everybody except Torrey Craig was positive in the plus-minus. So a lot of good things were happening for Denver tonight. And, you know, and Denver's going to look at this film and say, hey, this is kind of the way that we got to play the Lakers. I'm curious to see what Frank Vogel and the Lakers staff decide to do ahead of Game 4, uh, especially in, in regards to the center position and whether or not they're considering starting Dwight Howard over JaVale McGee or if they're continuing to roll with that lineup. So you know they're probably not going to start Markeith Morris given the size that, that Denver that Denver offers. 
but I am curious to see if that's a potential consideration or, you know, maybe they try a different thing, which is Kuzma in the starting five. Now, I would be nothing short of shocked if that were to happen, given where we are at this stage of the game. But I think logically you still have to examine that JaVale versus Dwight matchup. So we shall see. And given that game four of the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be ahead of game four of the Western Conference Finals, I'm also curious to see if, you know, especially if Miami winds up winning that game, what kind of response the Lakers might put forward in terms of their effort uh, to execute a quicker than expected series. So if the Lakers had been preparing themselves for a short series, I think they were, you know, sadly mistaken. I I think, you know, JC and I both kind of sat here before the series began and said, look, expected to go six games uh, at least. And so hopefully the Lakers can make a push to end it in five. But obviously that the this Nuggets team is very resilient. And if the Lakers come out playing in game four, like they came out playing in game uh, three this evening, it's not going to be a pretty story because it's just not going to work. Now, Danny Green had shown signs that he was kind of snapping out of the funk. Unfortunately, it looks like he's back in that funk because 20 minutes tonight, only four points, one of four overall, one of three from deep four boards and really nothing else. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. I can't stress that enough. And I think, you know, one of the things that Frank Vogel, um, at least with some players, you know, he's kind of loyal to a fault. I don't get that sense with Danny Green, but I need Danny Green and Frank Vogel needs Danny Green. And we all need Danny Green to be a better version of himself than, than what he showed tonight, because that's simply not going to get it done. One of the things I wonder about this Lakers team is who can be the guy that steps up. This is a common theme. We've talked about it before, and we've said that, look, two guys can sort of combine for it, right? So Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Kyle Kuzma combined for 23 points tonight, which is great. But Kyle Kuzma at the start of the season was being talked about as the guy who was going to be the third star. Obviously, that hasn't happened for a a myriad of reasons. And we're not going to get into all of that because that's just the minutia at this point. Okay, not on this episode anyway. But what we will say is that when Kuzma and another player, and in this case, uh, KCP combined for 23, you still need more than that. Okay, Rondo and Caruso combined for 11 points on 17 shots. Hello? Okay, 11 points on 17 shots is just not going to get it done. Especially when you're talking about those guard minutes because Danny Green hasn't been playing, so you need more from those two guys, right? Anthony Davis playing 43 minutes is a heavy load. Looked like his wrist was a little banged up. Looked like, you know, his side, his oblique maybe still a little bit banged up. You know, Danley Davis is a little banged up all the time in general. So some of the Lakers, you know, kind of got to be, I don't want to say got to be just cognizant of, but got to be, you know, playing with that in their mind. Because as the Lakers progress, you know, their, their bodies, whether Anthony Davis or anybody else, is not going to get better. There's only going to be more wear and tear, more effort, more strain, more this, more that. So you have to be able to sort of know where these guys are at and give what you can accordingly. Exhaust yourself. Because at this point, what else are you playing for? You've been in this bubble for an extended period of time. You know what the goal is for this season. Okay? And I know the Nuggets are a tough team, but we've sat here and given LeBron and AD a lot of uh, credit. The coaches have a lot of credit, and rightfully so, for their ability to be effective leaders. Now, as a result of losing game three, you know, they're going to kind of be put through the ringer and there's going to be a lot of attention placed on Denver saying, oh, watch out for Denver. They're the resilient team. Here they come. Here we go. Same story. Da, da, da. Anti-Lakers narrative. All the Lakers got to do to take back control of the series is come out and play the same way that they did in games one and game two. And if they play the same way that they did in the fourth quarter, at least when they made an initial push, they're going to be in good shape. The fact that the Lakers were only down 10 points at halftime, despite how crappy they were playing and how hot Denver was, was a sign that something good may have been coming despite the third quarter that resulted in something different 
okay? So it's not all just down here. The Lakers are still in control of the series. Yes, Denver has collected some momentum, but at the same time, the Lakers are still have a one-game cushion, okay? Right now, the Lakers got to win two more games. Denver has to win three more games. That's the reality of it. And that's the reality the Lakers have to ground themselves in in order to move forward with, with an effective level of efficiency and with an effective level, a level of execution, okay? I, I want the Lakers to be able to look at themselves in the mirror and sort of demand more of themselves, both collectively and individually. And they have done that throughout the season at a very, fairly good clip. So at this point, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, this is possible, this can happen, Okay. This is a possibility. But we're going to have to see more than what we saw. And the Lakers' inability to commit to defense on, a, on an extended period of time tonight, or through an extended period of time in Game 3, I should say, is a concern. Because that's not what we saw in the first couple of games. Definitely not what we saw in Game 1. Mostly not what we saw in Game 2. But we didn't see it really at all tonight, except for that push in the fourth quarter. Okay. And we're going to need a little more than that because this Denver team obviously is capable of really bringing it. I mean, really bringing it. And when they start going well, they go really, really well. They, they're a team of momentum. They, they, they not only ride the wave, but they also capitalize off of it. And it goes both ways. The Lakers are at their best when they play basketball in transition. We all know that, right? This is how they got back into the game in the fourth quarter. So they need to put a better emphasis on creating that tempo, but creating it with an effective level that isn't just trading basket for basket, but using their defense to create the offense and creating that tempo accordingly. That is literally exactly what got them back into this game. Okay? And speaking about getting back into this game, as I told you guys on the last episode, I was on a back into the dating game. And thank God for Manscaped because between... Between all of their products, I got the whole line at this point lined up on my bathroom shelf. I mean, it has never been better. You got the premium lawnmower, which I already know takes care of your junk all the way through. But you also got the boxer briefs that have the optimal temp- temperature control with the crop cooling tech while keeping your pride and joy supported. Man, no chafing, no rubbing, no this, no that. And when your girl sees the logo, she already knows what it's about to be, what's about to go down, okay? So if you pair the boxer briefs with, this is the product, guys. The pH balancing liquid uh, crop preserver, you're ready for literally anything. So you already know what you got to do. Here at Hoopball, we take care of you and your junk. Get 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com with the code HOOPBALL20. Okay, that's HOOPBALL20, 20% off for free shipping, HOOPBALL20. We got you all the way covered, all right? We take care of your bets. We take care of your junk. What else do you really need, right? Maybe a burrito and you're good to go. Speaking of which, that sounds like a potential dinner option for after we record this episode. But, you know, we bring it live and uncut and raw and unfiltered to you because that's what the reality is on this podcast, okay? We're all Lakers fans in this community together, and we need to operate through a perspective of understanding and comprehension about what we just saw with our own eyes. Because if you were to look at this box where you say, oh, it was a good it was a good game or a close game, but really, you know, it, it was a story of the Nuggets dominating the Lakers for three quarters and the Lakers making a push in the fourth quarter, and that was really it. And I was really un- unimpressed with the level of urgency it seems like the Lakers are playing with. In fact, I was talking to my buddies during the game, and I said, look, they're playing like a team that's, that's up 2-0, basically. You know, we all sat there and agreed, and that's unfortunate because that's not the embodiment of the experience that they've, that they've had success with or that they've shown recently. 
to build this to build what was a two nothing lead and now obviously a two to one lead. So we'll see what direction the series takes us. And in game four, the things that I look for, of course, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis continue to be good. LeBron James was excellent. Anthony Davis, despite the 27 points. I'm sorry, brother. I need more than two rebounds. Two rebounds, one steal, no blocks. Yes, 9 of 17 from the field is great. Yes, 9 of 10 from the line is great. And yes, plus four is great. And 27 points, it's all great. But two rebounds, that's not going to work for me. You guys want to know the players who had more than two rebounds in this game? Danny Green, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Torrey Craig played 15 minutes. He had six rebounds. Andy Davis played 43. He had two. How does that happen? Okay, I'm five foot eight. Anthony Davis ain't five foot eight. Maybe I get two rebounds. That's understandable, but not if you're Anthony Davis. I mean, come on. Anyway, sometimes stuff like that really just gets to me. So, you know, we had to throw that in there. You got to rebound the ball better. The rebounding differential has got to be taken care of. Minus 19 is absolutely absurd. You got to get a more effective level of play from your supporting cast. You got to get a more dominant effort from Anthony Davis. And you got to limit Nikola Jokic. Now, the Lakers weren't necessarily bad on him throughout the game. He made some ridiculous shots. But you got to limit Nikola Jokic to the best of your ability. And Jamal Murray, when he's hot, you got to really stick on him. You can't give him those opportunities to get going. He's a momentum shooter. He's a momentum player. You've got to slow or at least try to disrupt the momentum. Okay? Those are my takeaways. Supporting cast got to be better. We know that. Danny Green's got to make more of an impact. Kyle Kuzma, be great for him to come through with his 20-point game. Dwight Howard, need you to bang around down there. And if not Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, where you at? Caruso's got to be better. Rondo's got to play a complete game. That's what it was. Lakers didn't play a complete game. They didn't come out with a sense of urgency. They came out playing comfortable. They came out playing... Uh, not to lose instead of to win. That always makes you lose. The loser's mentality. So we have to be better than that. Have to. Okay? Game four is on Thursday evening. Game four on Thursday evening. We will have the next episode for you at that time. As a reminder, you can follow the show on Twitter at Lakers. Subscribe, download, leave a review for us. We always appreciate your positive reviews. Wherever you listen to podcasts or your streaming content is provided at Hoopball Lakers on Twitter, at Hoopball Tweets is the Hoopball family, at Hoopball Fantasy, and follow me, of course, at Ethan underscore Noroff, your boy. Until next time, Hoopball Lakers fam, we out. This has been a Hoopball presentation.